Hi. Um, we're talking to Madison today. Madison is uh, an escort girl. She's been doing that for two years. Uh, but it wasn't always like that. She's from England, educated with a university degree, uh, came to Prague, got a job, but wasn't happy. So she decided for a career transformation. Um, she told me everything about how it is to be an escort girl, uh, travel companion, uh, whatever you want to call this. And uh, yeah, it was really interesting to hear this from within the industry because most of the things we hear about this are from people that are on the outside and uh, are telling us what is wrong and what is right. Uh, Madison has her own ideas and views on it and uh, she shared it all with me. Very interesting talks and I hope you will enjoy it, guys. And just a little bit about the sponsors. The Old Bar in Karlin, Krisikova. Open on the weekdays from 8.30 until 3 o'clock, except Fridays to 1.30. And Saturday morning from 8.30 to 1.30. And you can take away or get it delivered home on Walt or Bolt. Uh, great food, oatmeal, skier, healthy goodies, juices, all the works. And uh, yeah, alfred.cz, which is the best job searching website in the country. Uh, available in Czech, English and Slovak thousands of jobs at your fingertip and uh, yeah you don't have to search for a job anymore Alfred kind of does it for you if you set your job watch check it out guys and enjoy my show thank you Matteson hi welcome to the bunker thanks for having me how are you perfect what do you think of my bunker It's amazing. Yeah. Mm. Um, we have a mutual friend. We do. And uh, when I heard about your career transformation, um, I was very curious and I heard a little bit about your story. So I contacted you and we met, um, had coffee and mm -hmm. talked. I had tea. You had tea. I had coffee. Yeah, that's true. Um, what would you call your profession? Part-time girlfriend, companion, courtesan, any of those names. Escort is usually what's used. Mm. And any of them that you prefer? Part-time girlfriend. Uh-huh. Because I offer the girlfriend experience. Okay. We are here in my beautiful bunker. Um, your child is with you. Mm -hmm. In case someone will hear sounds that are not made by me or you. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I have... This is the first time that, that uh, I record under those circumstances, so I hope it will be <laughs> working <laughs> out for us. <laughs> I hope so, too. Yeah. So, um, it's it all started. You're, you're born where? In the north of England, right? I am, yeah. Born in north of England, um, in a relatively nice neighborhood. Mm. Had a mom and dad at home and siblings and pretty nice childhood. Mm. How, many, how many were you uh, At home? Yeah. Um, two brothers and a sister. Okay. Um, and everything was pretty nice to begin with, and then things kind of went a bit south. Sour, yeah, or south, yeah. Um, and so when all that kind of happened, we had a transition, mm. and I moved from the nice neighborhood to relatively not so nice neighborhood. What What was happening? You 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 told me your father was a. a Rasta yeah. and, and uh so I was raised as a Rastafarian. Both my parents are Rastas had dreadlocks. What is that? 
Um, it's basically like a, a way of living. It's a way of life. They are very spiritual people, but they also have, even though they don't admit it, they also have like roots from Christianity. So they believe in the Bible. Mm -hmm. They follow the Bible quite closely. Um, they don't eat pork. They don't eat shellfish or anything like that. Um, and it was quite a strict upbringing. We mostly mingled with other Rasta children growing up. Um, that that comes from Jam Jamaica, right? Or, yeah, or? it is from Jamaica. Um, the, I mean, there's lots of other types. There's four types of Rastas, actually. Mm. But the type that I was was 12 tribes of Israel. Mm. And we believe we're a, a lost tribe of um, Israel, basically. So we had different tribes for each month and different colors for each month and different personalities and traits, basically, for each person. Uh -huh. um, so, yeah, I was raised as a Rastafarian up until about 11-ish, and then things kind of transitioned. But before all of that, we lived in a nice neighborhood, and um, I had an older brother that passed away. Mm. And after my brother passed, I think my mom decided that enough was enough, and it was time to make a change. So we literally disappeared in the middle of the night and left everything behind and started afresh. Um, my dad didn't know where we were for a little bit, and rightly so, he didn't deserve to. Um, why Why not? He was abusive, mm -hmm. abusive, very much so. I, I remember being like four years old and calling the police on my dad um, for being abusive towards my mom. So um, when we disappeared, it was kind of like refreshing, but also scary, mm. you know, going to a whole new school with you know people you don't know, having new neighbors and, having you know strangers in the street at nighttime like shouting out things and even people stealing your milk back then you still had milk delivered to your front door mm. and i actually remember a time when someone stole our milk and my mom just had enough and she flipped out so it was a complete culture shock but it helped me to be the person i am today that i can mingle with people from all walks of life but this uh with your father um being a rasta and following the bible doesn't that, that shouldn't condone abusive behavior exactly right? exactly and that's partly why i'm not religious now because it seems to me a lot of people that tend to be religious mm. tend to have this kind of it's like hypocrisy mm. they say one thing but do something completely different and i think you mentioned to me that he, he had a lot of children yeah he did a lot of children i haven't even met all of them before how many do you think mm, around 20 and is that part of being a Rasta? Is that to kind of spread your... Yes, the idea of being able to go forth and have as many children as you want is kind of a Rasta mentality. Mm. I wouldn't say all Rastas do it. I mean, some Rastas get married and settle down with one person. But I think their kind of ment their mentality comes from this idea of going forth and spreading your seed or whatever else. So, yeah, a lot of Rasta men do that. Um, and what, what do the women get in return? Do they get to sleep around then or absolutely not no <laughs> no they just they're pretty much homemakers they mm. take care of the family even sometimes their kids they are their partner's kids mm. i actually remember my younger siblings my dad's children coming around to the family home and my mom taking care of them like they were her own and it was never weird for me growing up it's only now that i look back and think gosh she really dealt with a lot mm. and but being a Rasta, then, like in in your case, for example, I mean, what is there? Are there any specific things that you recall that are, or any traditions or or something that you have kept in your life that 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 comes from there? I wouldn't say I've kept anything from it, but there are parts I remember that I enjoyed. For example, once per month we have like a function mm. to celebrate 
each individual person's month. So for example, I'm born in November. Mm. So in November, we everyone dresses in red. They have a big party. And you know the children end up falling asleep upstairs, and the the family or the sorry the adults are downstairs partying, and everything's like mm. it's just super fun, um, and it's part of the culture. It kind of keeps people together. Mm. But other parts of it that I probably remember that I don't think are that great, and f- because of that, I don't feel like I would want to be a Rastafarian. Mm. Yeah, I I didn't know be- before you told me this. I had no. I had no idea what what it actually meant. You mm-hmm. know, for me, it was kind of just connected somehow to reggae music mm-hmm. and, and and something. And I mean, yeah, being a, a white boy from Iceland, it's not exactly what you get exposed to mm-hmm. in, in in some way. I guess the Rasta culture is primarily based on the idea of reaching Zion and um, like being chosen people. And because of like the slave trade and other things, they believe that they would chosen people of god mm-hmm. that they went through this hardship because they turned their back on god and so they continue to face this hardship but i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay Marison. um and but how was it then you know you move around what 11 or something right no i moved when i was around six but we still uh-huh. stayed being rastafarians we didn't eat pork or anything actually i remember my first time eating pork i was 15 years old mm. and my mom went to t- Tesco and um how British I know <laughs> and she came home with these shopping bags and me and my brother were unloading the shopping bags and we saw this package we'd never seen it before and she opened it up she turns on the frying pan and she's looking at us but not saying anything mm. she makes a bacon sandwich and she bites it and says do you want some and me and my brother look at each other like is this a trick <laughs> <laughs> she's serious so we took a bite and I've never looked back since I love bacon yeah yeah, you can't go wrong with bacon. I mean, mm. it's a t- it's a classic taste. Definitely. Um, and what was your, you know, what the, so your parents divorced then, or or or, or how 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 was this? Uh they were engaged but never married. They were together maybe okay. fourteen, fifteen years total, but uh-huh. never married. Um, they had a house that they had bought in mm. in this neighborhood in the south of where I'm from. Mm. Um, and my dad actually sold it from underneath my mom's nose. She didn't know. And he gave her like pennies in comparison to what he, he got back. So, yeah. It sounds like your dad was not like someone that you're super happy with. No, not at all. I think he's a disgrace. You don't speak to him today or? or Every now and again, he'll reach out. Sometimes I don't respond. Other times, if, if I'm in the mood to respond, I will. But mm. honestly... The only time I really interest I'm interested in him is if he's offering something like money or something for me and my my baby. But mm. I don't really care about him. Mm. And um, but how was it then, like the teenage years in school and stuff like that? Did you do okay or or? My teenage years were weird. Um, mm. I, I think for every teenager, right? But um, for me, I was really quiet after my brother died. I was pretty much like mute. So I didn't really speak much. My mom would always say like, you're so quiet. I forgot you were even in the house. Um, I would walk into her room and stand at the door and she'd be like, come sit down. And I'd say, no, no. And then I'd just stand there for a while and then slowly like make my way to her, towards her bed and sit on the floor and watch TV with her. Mm. Um, And I think a lot of it was because I didn't know how to vocalize how I was feeling, what I was going through. And I did have counseling, like bereavement counseling. But it just didn't seem to be enough. I didn't really get over it. So majority of my like early teens or pre-teens, I was pretty much mute. Mm. Then when I got to around 14-ish, I started to be a little bit more open-minded. I got into like indie music and I found like 
I guess my village or people because mm. I felt we had something in common um, and so I started to be a bit more open and at 16 I started to go a little bit off the rails I was at college just graduated from high school got tattoos and started smoking weed and all kinds of stuff so mm. Yeah, Madison, it kind of sounds like you are like this, uh, in a way, a classic teenager searching for an identity somehow. You you wanted something different, right? Definitely, I'd say so. And how did you do? Like, you 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 go to university or college, right? I did, yeah. I did finally get to uni. I do have dyslexia, so mm. um, education wasn't easy for me. I didn't get tested for dyslexia until I was maybe 15, mm. which I was al- almost already finished at school. Um, so I just kind of continued didn't get the extra help that I should have gotten within the school, but my mum paid for a private tutor for me. So I would see her, you know, two hours per week to help me with maths and English to get me through school and then through college and then also through university. Mm. And you studied what? I studied design. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you go on to have a career in, in design, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back in England or... or um, As soon as I graduated, I moved here, actually. I moved to Prague as soon as I graduated. I moved... In the August, and I graduated in the May, so it was a matter of months. So, why why did you choose to move to Prague? Well, I came here when I was a teenager with my then boyfriend, and it just seemed like a magical city. Mm. So, I, after I graduated, I decided to move to Prague because I felt like I could really find myself here. It was like the land of the liberals. It was a land for people just to kind of be themselves without mm-hmm. judgment. Um, so. When I did graduate and I moved here, I just felt like I was able to build on who I was, which is something I wasn't able to do back home because... Why Why not? Or like, just the society wasn't ready for you? Or, or I think it's more to do with that where I'm from is quite a small city and yeah. everybody knows each other. And furthermore, everyone knows my family. Uh-huh. So I'd walk down the street like, hey, you're such a person's sister or daughter or you know, cousin. And I was tired of it. I wanted to be my own person. Mm. And Prague is perfect for that. I mean, it's exactly. a city that, uh, first of all, everyone has a chance. Mm-hmm. Secondly, it's very liberal. Exactly. Extremely liberal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can be a businessman by day and um, a gay dominant uh, exactly. in leather <laughs> by night. No one will care. Exactly, 100%. Uh, but you had a relationship here, right? I did, yeah. And uh, and out of that, you had your child. I did, yeah. And you, and so you, you basically here. You have a relationship. Mm-hmm. You, you're starting this new life. You have mm-hmm. a child. You have a job in design. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then you take a U-turn. I did, yeah, big U-turn. So you leave that relationship. Was that a b- bad? It was a very unhealthy relationship. Uh-huh. Very toxic. Very abusive. Um, and co- kind of like a, a circle of abuse. Like they say, like when you're born into abusive family or abusive relationships Mm. that you tend to follow suit and when i compare my baby's father to my father i see there's a lot of similarities Mm. um so i know it was because it was something i saw and i naturally just fell into that kind of pattern Mm. but i broke the cycle when i decided to leave my baby was very young when i decided to leave and i didn't know how i was going to manage but i'm here now Mm. and um how you started thinking about transforming your career, right? Mm-hmm. From from what 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 kind of got you off? 
Well, I was basically working freelance from home while I was on like parental leave. Mm. And my baby would sleep at maybe seven or eight in the evening. And then I would work until like midnight and then she'd be up again early. So I was not really getting any sleep. Mm. And then on the weekends when she was with her father, I'd be uh, going on dates or being social with friends. And to me, it's just like, well, I enjoy being social more so than I'm enjoying doing design at this point. So is mm. there a way that I can make a career out of this? Is there a way I can make money and still be able to spend time with my baby without being exhausted? Mm. Um, and I didn't tell anyone at first. I just started to do my research. And then from doing research, I found some like sugar baby websites. One is called Seeking or was called Seeking Arrangements. Now it's just called Seeking mm. because of the law. And I was on there for a matter of days before I started to get like quite a few messages from people who are interested, but majority of them were just kind of time wasters, not really looking for something long term. Mm. Um, what does, I mean, what kind of arrangements are these? Well, it's, some may say it's similar to being an escort, but I would say there's, they're similar, but not the same. An escort is paid by the hour mm. and a sugar baby is paid by the month. Mm-hmm. Um, an escort can see as many people as she wants. A sugar baby typically sees one or two people um during her time with whoever and you don't usually tell the other person that you're seeing other people you ha- it's kind of like a relationship but he just provides for you and what does he provide money mm. primarily gifts nice dates um headache as well <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the time um basically like any other relationship the only difference is that you you have like financial financial support as well from this person typically it's like younger ladies with older gentlemen looking for um fun they mm. want to remember what it was like when they were younger mm. majority of these men whether it's escort clients or sugar daddies they're all kind of high power to some degree and they're always around other men so mm. they would love to just spend time with a lady and just someone that reminds them of their youth and that mm. they are this kind of macho alpha males yeah, reconnecting with their inner teenager. Exactly. And you, and you, so you found someone there who who became your sugar daddy. Then, I found or, or, a few, you know? and there was one that I saw on and off, and still kind of talk to now. But um, my actual first proper sugar daddy, um, I met him on seeking arrangement. Uh, he was about fifteen years older, which mm. is not too bad. Fifteen. Um, fifteen years. Uh huh. Which. In this lifestyle, yeah, not that's, that's nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a marginal difference. <laughs> well, in this lifestyle, you can meet people thirty years older, yeah, yeah, so exactly. fifteen is not that big. No, no, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he was a Czech guy, but he was always in the US, mm. and he was actually submissive, which is something I was interested in. I was interested in like BDSM, but I'd never really explored it before. My previous partner was very kind of vanilla. Mm. So I never had the chance to explore it before. And then when I met him, he opened my eyes to a lot of things. Mm. And not just in terms of like, you know, sexuality or anything, but also about me personally. There were loads of things about myself that I forgot that I even enjoyed because I was with someone that would like suppress it. For Mm. example, just getting my nails done or, you know, do my makeup nicely or dressing nicely. I never did any of that because he didn't like it. Mm. So when I started dating this sugar daddy and he reminded me like, you're a beautiful girl, you know, you should do what makes you happy regardless of what other people think. And for that, I'll be very thankful for him. Even though we're not together anymore, I'm always thankful because he reminded me of who I was. Mm. Um, We broke up after a few months because we had like a difference of agreement Mm. of 
his lifestyle, my lifestyle, whatever. Mm. But we're still kind of friends. We catch up every now and again. And I care about him enough that if anything ever were to happen, I would be very sad. Mm. Um, but he's on his path and I'm on mine. And how does that sugar baby, sugar daddy thing work? I mean, is there like a monthly transfer that you comes to your account? Or do you issue an invoice? I mean, how is this? Uh sometimes it's cash. Sometimes it's bank transfer. It depends, I guess, on how much you trust each other. If they want to give your real if you want to give them your real name or if you if they want to give you their real name Mm -hmm. if they're really high powered and they're not so trustworthy so yet so much they might just give you cash but if you kind of build a rapport with the person they may start sending you just monthly transfers from their bank account but there's never an invoice or anything like that it's Mm -hmm. typically when someone goes for a sugar baby it's because they want to have the girlfriend experience long term as Mm -hmm. opposed to just for a few hours oh that's interesting and i know you you also it, I don't know if it was at the same time, but you you were kind of dabbling with this OnlyFans thing. Yeah, that was a big failure for me, unfortunately, because it's not so popular here. Mm. Um, and so m- most of my market was out of the country. Um, I actually sold more pictures privately and videos privately, more so than actually using those platforms, and I made a lot more cash. Mm-hmm. And But I, I, that kind of, you know, running an OnlyFans page is... Is it a lot of work? or, or It takes a lot of work. I would say easily each day you have to spend at least two hours minimum. Mm. That's just doing the actual content. That's not the all the preparation mm. beforehand. So it's almost like having the full-time job. And when you get to that point, it's just like, well, is it really worth it? Because I'm not really having any income from this right now. It takes mm. a long time to build. It takes a couple of years even to build. Mm. And you have to have a platform to build from. If you don't have like a good social media presence, it's not going to work. Mm. And how is it there? Like, uh, because uh, strangely as it sounds, I haven't tried it. Um, but uh, the 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 people who are providing content there—I mean, there's both men and women—but mm-hmm. are they are they constantly being pushed to kind of take it further? Do you know what I mean? Do do you always have to give your um, subscribers or or customers? something new or something a little bit more you know i would say yeah because there's so many people doing it now that you have to stand out from the rest of the crowd mm-hmm. um but a, a part of that again if you you could be the most kind of creative person but if you don't have the platform if you don't have the followers it's yeah. not going to work regardless kind of like my podcast <laughs> <laughs> i'm the most creative podcaster but i don't have that platform oh, don't worry it's coming yeah um so you you stop that Sugar baby game, right? Yes and no, not exactly. I still meet potential sugar daddies mm. um, online and even in person. Mm. Um, but primarily my income comes from being a, an escort with the girlfriend experience, which is not that different. The only difference is I'm, like I said, paid per meeting or paid mm. per the hour mm. as opposed to per month. But typically most escorts will meet a guy who really likes them mm. and then they'll become a sugar baby based on that. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the same, but not exactly. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think you you told me that um, when you were looking into this and after trying the OnlyFans thing, and mm-hmm. so you were kind of saying, okay, so, and you, you actually said it now earlier, that you kind of wanted to be able to spend time with your child mm-hmm. without being exhausted. Exactly. So you were looking to maximize return for minimus exactly. minimum output. In exactly. A way. I was so exhausted working full time. I don't have a problem with any mom or any person that wants to do that. But for me, mm. I'm not the nine to five person. I can't do that. I can't wake up on the hours when people tell me to. I can't you know, leave the office when people tell me to. And then I had the baby, which made it mm. even more complicated. I have 
massive problems with sleep. So the idea of having to wake up, say, 7 a.m. to go to the office and then pick up the baby from school and then have to do the whole mum thing in the evening mm. and have to do it again the next day, mm. it's just not within me to do it. So becoming an escort meant that I was able to have my own life like as an adult and you know have adult conversation and be around other people just like myself whether it be family men or mm. you know just adult basically mm. so I still had time for my baby and was able to like kind of balance the difference between having my you know, own personal life as an adult mm. and still being a mother um and so it kind of just fell into my lap to go in this direction it was very natural mm. um I, I put my first profile up I think in March of 2019, and it was very slow. Mm. Nothing happened. Where do you put out a profile? Is there, are the pages there's, for this? or, or Yes, there's okay. directories. And I actually got the name of the directory from my mom. Uh-huh. Um, she told me where I could advertise. And I put it there, and nothing came through. Like, I would get views and stuff, but no one was messaging me. Mm. Little did I know it's because I had horrible photos. Um, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so I started to um, advertise via Tinder. Mm. And my first actual escort date was from Tinder. And it was really surprising. It just kind of naturally progressed. And I, we spoke. I told him how much I wanted. We met. Gave me my money. Did what we did. I went home and I was walking back towards the, the lobby of the hotel that we met at. This is so easy. Why does everyone make it so, like mm. this big taboo thing? Like It's it's simple. Mm. Um, And then from that, I kind of, continue to do a little bit more but just here and there it wasn't really full-time or anything like a lifestyle change it was just more like something on the side mm. and then I had my first photo shoot and this is when I consider myself to be really a proper escort was in October 2019 I had my first shot photo shoot and my profile went wild it mm. went crazy I think the idea of a black girl in central Europe kind of meant men went crazy yeah <laughs> no really crazy it was a little bit scary yeah. <laughs> at times as well. Some of the messages that I would receive, especially as a new girl, mm. some of the things you receive and by a message, you sat next to your kid watching YouTube and then you're reading you know, disgusting messages like, I <laughs> can't even. But so, so being a black girl is an advantage here. Oh, massively. But did you feel that before you went into this? Yes. So men wanted to have sex with you? Oh, definitely. I black. would, even before I actually moved here, even when I would just come here on holiday, because we used to mm. come here like once or twice per year mm. with my ex-boyfriend. And I'd literally have guys come up to me in clubs or pubs or bars and stroke my hand. I'm like, oh, beautiful chocolate woman. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> who are you? And why are you holding my hand? Mm. Um, And even when he wasn't there, it was probably even worse, I'd mm. say. It was Worse when he wasn't around because people would feel that they could have the license to say whatever they wanted to. Mm. Um, but I capitalized on that. I made money from this idea of being this chocolate lady. Mm. Yeah, and I guess, I, I don't know. I mean, was there a long time that you were single here? Uh, no. No. <laughs> I actually got into another relationship two weeks later after uh-huh. ending things with my baby's dad. Okay. Um, I've always been in relationships from about 15. Mm. Um, never really dated properly before. Mm. Um, and when I was with my baby's dad, that was my first proper relationship. Mm. But before then, it was always like, it was always um, kind of, you know, jumping from one to the next. So mm-hmm. when I finally did end things with him, and I started dating this other person. It was maybe like 10 months or so where we were together. 
Mm. It didn't work out. He was younger than I was, and he definitely wasn't oh, like ready for that kind of responsibility of de- taking care of, of a, a child. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. So when that ended, that's when I went went through the new transition. I ended things in the April, and I was with somebody else by the first of May, <laughs> <laughs> which um, is Lovers' Day in Czech Republic. Yeah. Um. How was, how was it like? Um, I mean, like. I guess when people think about escort or or like a short-term girlfriend or a girlfriend experience mm-hmm. or or prostitution or anything, mm-hmm. I think it's um, there's levels to it though. Yeah, I wouldn't exactly. say we, I wouldn't say it's prostitution as what we consider it, like what you see in media. Or no, what but that's what I think we kind of we we group it as a society. Yes. We kind of group it in one bag, but exactly. it's, it isn't. So I, no, I absolutely is, not. What is it that you're providing? What are the services that? Okay, you're providing? so I can go through the levels and yeah. then we can. Like define what each mm. kind of yeah oh, sex of yours. What, no what yeah. what is it that you do? Okay, so what I do is called like the high class, low volume mm. escort, mm-hmm. and the kind of first platform of it. No disrespect to any street walkers, but it's street walking girls that will you know stand in the corner and say mm. you know this costs this much. Mm. There's no conversation. There's no romance. It's just this is what I offer, and this is what you have to pay. Then on top of that, you have like the brothels where the girls will typically pay to have a room and um, the pay is not that good, but they probably see quite a lot of people in one day in order to make high good volume. money. Exactly, high volume. And then on top of that, you have the high class, high volume, which are the girls that ask for stupid amounts of money and see multiple people in one day. They make the most money, I'd say, in this industry mm. um, because they can make easily a thousand euros easily in a day mm. if they meet with people they've met with before for longer meetings no problem with making a thousand euros and then you have the high class low volume which are the girls that have like myself who have maybe one or two dates per week tend mm. to be longer three hours plus and it tends to be people you already know people mm-hmm. you've met with before people you have a rapport with all regulars in exactly a way. exactly mm. so if you compare the two between the street walkers and the high class, low volume girls, that you can't really compare the two. It's completely different. We're giving an experience as opposed to a blowjob on the corner of the street. Yeah, and, and that's <laughs> and that's actually what I because um th- yeah, as you're saying, your your let's say your service catalog is, you know, you travel with people. Yeah. Um you go to dinners. Yeah. You could go to company events with exactly. uh, a boyfriend or the a opera, date. Yeah. the spa, shopping. So it's it's more than just sex. Yeah, exactly. It's the whole package. They're not mm. just looking for a pretty package. They're not just looking for someone for sex. They're looking for someone who is their companion. Mm. So when people compare and think, you know, I've heard a lot about this idea of escorts being vulnerable. And I think, well, you're vulnerable if you're doing online dating anyway. And it's pretty much what we're doing. We're online dating. We're meeting people online and then meeting them in person mm. for a specific fee. The mm. only difference between me and a girl that's going on Tinder is she doesn't know who she's talking to. He could mm. be a randomer who has a fake name and a fake age and everything else. But he has a cool photo with a tiger on. Exactly. Whereas when you're meeting someone as an escort, you can Google your guy. Because mm. the guy that you're meeting with is... In someone. That. Exactly. Mm. He's high powered. Mm. So I'm not in that that kind of ballpark like a, a streetwalker or even the girl in the brothel is in. Mm. I'm in a completely different stratosphere than anybody else would be in as in the prostitution mm. industry. Mm. But um 
I guess there are there are times in this that you you uh, meet someone that you don't even have sex with, right? Yeah, it's happened to actually I had a a guy I met with three times in one week mm. last summer. He mm. met with me three hours each time, so I made maybe one thousand three hundred euros in one week just with him, nobody else included. Mm. Mm. Um, and he didn't want any kind of intimacy. He wanted kisses and cuddles, holding hands through the street, dinners, and that was it. Nothing mm. else. So I would say maybe a good 20% of the dates you have are just men looking for your com- um, companionship. Mm. And they tend to book for longer meetings. They just mm. want to spend time with you. Actually, the weekend that's just passed, no, mm. the weekend before that, I had a six-hour date again, the same. Just dinner date, chilling, laughing, joking. Mm. Totally natural. Mm. 700 euros just for chilling with someone. That's pretty good. Mm, I'd say I so. Do, I would do it for 100. <laughs> Somebody wanted to chill. Um, but how, like, are these only guys? Because if we keep saying guys, is it yeah. only guys? Is that because of your choice or is that where the industry is? That is my choice. I do have a duo partner that I meet with. It's mm. a Czech girl, beautiful girl, beautiful soul. Mm. Um and I meet with her with other people, whether it be with another man or two other men. But we don't meet with women and we don't meet with couples. And what, is that a, for a reason? Yes. The reason I don't meet with women is it's too hard work. Mm. I know that because I'm a woman. It's <laughs> yeah, too hard work to satisfy them. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. 100%. Too much hard work. I know that I can be a headache, mm. so I don't want to deal with that. There's no yeah. amount of money that's going to make me change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't just mean in terms of sex. I mean, generally speaking, yeah. I know I'm a headache. So it's a no for you me. You don't want to have two lionesses in the same exactly. cage. I want to be the only one. Mm. Or if I have to share with my duo partner, that's fine. But mm. we are like, we say we're soul sisters. We get along mm. so well. We have the, pretty much the same brain just in two separate bodies. Mm. And these... Um, so these guides, you know, what what's the typical, is there a stereotype? For us, mm. yeah. For girls like myself and my duo partner, she's mm. called Louise, by the way, Louise mm. from Prague. Um, I would say, yeah, typically it's kind of like the CEO or the entrepreneur, the guy that has, you know, more money than he can spend in one lifetime. Mm. That wants to just have fun. He wants to enjoy his life and have amazing experiences. Mm. Um, and so he'll book someone who feels that can do that. You know, someone that looks like they're f- about business, first and foremost, you have to look professional, but also be able to be fun. He doesn't want to be with someone that's sloppy and messy and not presentable, mm. but also doesn't want to be with someone that's too uptight and strict. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the saying says, like, you know, the lady in the streets and the freak in the sheets. Mm-hmm. <sighs> lady in the street, freak in the sheets. Yes. <laughs> one. But, uh, and are they, are these family men, you know, are they young, old? Yeah, most of them are family men. Mm. Um, I personally don't feel too badly about it because I'm not the one that's married. Mm. Um, but yeah, majority of them are married, have children. Mm. Um, and a lot of the time they'll tell you they're not happily married. Mm. Um, they'll tell you that they're either in an open marriage or it's kind of like don't ask, don't tell mm. situation, which is, I'm not here to judge anyone. It's fine. Um, majority are older. Mm-hmm. Some are young, but I don't, typically see people younger than me i've had a few and it always ended the same way they become obsessed and i can't deal with that kind of stress mm. i had a stalker yeah. i had two stalkers last year uh-huh. both that young came people. out of this yes uh-huh. talking about they know my full name and address uh-huh. so 
it was like, nah, I can't go that route. I want to deal with someone who's so busy that they can't even focus on the idea of where does she live and what's her name. Mm. I want someone who is, you know, busy at work and when they have, you know, spare time to meet, that then we meet. But otherwise, especially with the COVID, with most people staying at home, mm. I can't be dealing with the young ones. Mm. And um, do they talk about their life to you? Like, you know, like family issues or issues with the wife or, I mean, are you in some sort of a psychiatrist role sometimes? Yeah, I would say so. I think majority of the time when you have long meetings, mm. um, men tend to want to sit down and tell you their stresses, their worries, but not just the negative things, also the positive things like their goals in life and what they want to do and what they wish they hadn't have done in the past. There's, they talk about everything. Mm. Um, and you're just there to listen and maybe sometimes chime in and give their your opinion or some advice, but primarily you're there to just comfort them and tell them that, you know, they're amazing and they're doing well and mm. yeah. And do you ever get jealous of of their wives or you know, like uh, Um No. Mm. I don't. It doesn't feel bad to be woman number two somehow. No, to be honest, and it's probably going to sound really badly, but I would rather be woman number two that's getting paid than number one, number woman number one that's not getting anything. Yeah. I know that sounds horrible, but yeah. that's really how I feel. I've been number one before. I was woman number one when I was with my baby's dad. Mm, mm. And I had to cook, I had to clean, I had to look perfect, I had to be ready for him when he was finished with work and had to be everything to him. Mm. And what did I get in return? Mm. Swamp nuts mm. at the end of the evening. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. like, you. Yeah. No. But uh, do you have fun with this? I mean, 100%. It's, it's fun, yeah. There's no way you can be an escort if you don't enjoy it. Mm. Whereas other jobs, you can fake it. Mm. you could probably fake that you enjoy what you're doing just for the sake of the money if you're paid to be fun and you're paid to uh, you know be bubbly and you know Mm. entertainment Mm. you can't do it unless you're enjoying it but do you i mean like because uh, so much about like you know if you go on a date uh, let's say um well most dates involve money in some way or the other, mm-hmm. paying for drinks or dinners mm-hmm. or whatever. But let's say you go, like, uh, yeah, not uh, as a customer, with a customer or client relationship. Um, the chemistry is so important if mm-hmm. you're going to have fun or not. I mm-hmm. mean, do you screen somehow your Always. clients? Uh-huh. Always. There's something I didn't do at the beginning because I was new to the lifestyle, but I learned very quickly to screen, mm. very quick, because... Um, you'll have time wasters. There's some of the worst situations to me is when I've been woken up at two or three or four o'clock in the morning mm. and it's like a video chat and you open it and it's some guy like doing unspeakable things to himself. And he's just like, why are you doing this to me? Mm. My poor eyes, why do I have to see this? Mm. And so very quickly you learn, you don't pick up the phone and if you do, you put them in their place. You always ask them like their name, their their age, you know, where they work, what they do, if they've met with a companion before. Mm-hmm. And if they say yes, sometimes you can ask for a reference. If they say no, then you kind of take a different route. Uh-huh. And then just before the date, you ask them for a photograph with like their thumb or holding a spoon or a, a mug or something in their house next to the window so you can see the outside of where they are and also prove that it's it's actually happening in that moment. Mm-hmm. And then that's when you kind of know 100% that they are real. Wow, so you, you actually have a process. Mm-hmm, I have Where to. Where do you learn this? Um, from my own stupidity, mm. from not 
doing these things in advance mm. and also from other girls i would say any girl that gets into this industry speak to at least three other girls before you do it mm-hmm. and and your stupidity so did you make mistakes like many some and every escort does yeah. every escort does if you're independent anyway i would say every escort makes stupid mistakes like mm. I remember when I first started and my phone was, as I said to you before, my profile was going crazy. My phone was going crazy. And people would write me and they'd tell me where to go. And I'd get there. No, no one was there. Mm. No one was there. And you just kind of sit in the lobby like, okay, maybe maybe they're busy. Maybe they're in the shower or maybe mm. they're on the toilet mm. or having a cigarette. No, there's just nobody there. They just like to waste your time. So you quickly learn the signs for someone who is a time waster and then when you get a reputation and you have reviews and you have a social media presence that kind of dwindles a bit mm-hmm. it doesn't happen as much mm-hmm. and um, um you told me that there have been some i mean i guess in this as you know for us who are not part of this industry that the we we always think that okay so someone who seeks this service is mm-hmm. seeking something that he doesn't get at home exactly is that common very common very common sometimes it's just having like loving touch mm. a lot of the time when i meet with people are not interested in the actual any sex they just mm. want companionship mm. it's usually with men who have wives that work very high powered jobs or you know hardworking mm. and don't really have that time to give their partner the the affection that they're looking for and then there's on the other side of that it's like men who have the loving wife but she may not be interested in certain things he's interested in like mm. certain kinks or fantasies he has mm. and so he will seek a professional who will be able to perform it mm. if you go to tinder for example or any other dating site you can meet a girl and take her to dinner or drinks and you might think you click But at the end of it, she's going home and you still haven't fulfilled this fantasy. Whereas with an escort, you discuss mm. it with her. It's Figure out if there's a mutual, you know. Exactly. And then you know pretty much that you're going to get it and you just have to pay this particular price and it's sorted. Mm. So you mentioned kinks. Mm-hmm. Some weird ones? Yeah. What's the weirdest <laughs> one? Yeah, open up. Please. The weirdest one that I've come across was a few people asking to eat my poop. Really? Mm. And uh, is there a price on poop? <laughs> That's crazy. I don't charge by the service. I charge by the hour. That's just uh. <laughs> <laughs> But that's... Um, I guess you didn't go ahead with that. No comment. No? Okay. Um, well, what about hygiene in general? Like, you know... Um, typically, I ask for... Um, any person I meet with to have a shower as soon as we get back to wherever we mm. need to be. Mm. Sometimes they're not as clean as I would like, mm. so you have to go ask them to go back again. Which is, is never that fo- a, like a vibe killer, or or you know, one hundred percent. But you have to try and keep it going somehow. You have to in your mind like just ignore it, but afterwards you're like gagging <laughs> the yeah. idea or the thought of it. But in that moment, you are supposed to be a professional, so mm-hmm. you can't be like, oh, that's disgusting. Mm. You have to say, can you just go and you know have a shower please and make sure you do it properly mm. but typically yeah i'd say the majority of people are pretty clean it's only happened a few times where mm. i've had to ask someone to go and rewash themselves yeah. uh, that's interesting i have this friend who always has to wash his hands when he comes home um, you should do especially yeah, with covid yeah yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> it's true uh, i mean obviously in this case you know like you 
you maybe go on a three or a six hour date. Mm-hmm. You even go on, you could go on a week long trip yeah. with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, the the sex part of it, is it pleasant? Yeah, I would yeah. say so. I would say maybe a small handful of times when I've left and thought, never again, I'm going to block this person. I don't ever want to see them again. Mm-hmm. Majority of the times, it's really fun. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I would say probably more fun than free dates because when a man's paying, mm. he's going to make sure he gets his money worth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it puts more pressure on him to perform. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And for us, we also have the, uh, the added kind of, um, what's the word? The added... Uh, invested interest in a way? Yes, exactly. Because uh-huh. we're also getting something out of it. Mm. So everybody's putting in their best effort, whereas before it's just kind of lazy, and especially if you meet in like in a pub or in a bar or something. Everybody's wasted. Exactly, it's not as fun. Yeah, I guess like in 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 this in this environment, you kind of know that at the end of the evening or at some point there is going to be a sexual interaction, and you kind of, you know, you don't want to be wasted then, mm-hmm. or or you know you know what I mean. Exactly. You, you want to be with your senses, and you want to be able. To, yeah, that's. Uh, I never mm-hmm. thought about it like that. Although there are occasions where you do get a little bit wasted, but I would say um, it's over the entire evening. It's not like a, it's not the intention. Mm. It's not the overall intention. Like when you go out to a pub or a bar, mm. that's the intention is to get drunk. Whereas mm. with this, it's just natural. It just progresses in that way. Mm. I have sometimes, uh, you know, like. Uh, there are clubs here in Prague where, where there is, um, where, where, where they're kind of a hybrid between a strip club and a, and a brothel. Mm-hmm. I've worked at one. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't remember what it was called. I worked there for one evening and I never went back again. It was horrible. Yeah? Yeah. Why? Um, you basically like meet in a market mm. and you're not allowed to talk to anyone or better said you're not allowed to talk to the men that are in there. So men will come in, they'll be drinking. You can't approach them they have to approach you uh-huh. um and when you do get approached you go upstairs and they try and haggle with you which is really disgusting because you're just like this is what i asked for and uh, that's, that's what i actually wanted to ask you because I, that's what i've noticed in those places and i find it really really sad when when the that when someone is selling you access to their most intimate Exactly. Thing that is, which is themselves, mm-hmm. and then you're trying to get it from 100 euros to 95 or exactly. 80 euros. Exactly. It's, and it's silly because mm-hmm. it's usually the man has spent already on drinks five times that amount. Mm-hmm. So this doesn't happen in your segment. Absolutely not. I make it very clear on my website you are not to try and negotiate with me. And if you even try, mm. the date is over and I'm taking whatever's there, regardless whether we have an hour together or mm. five hours together. My money is there on the table from the beginning. And if you try and haggle, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. I think it's disrespectful. Very disrespectful. I don't, never heard this word, haggle. Haggle. <laughs> is that like an English? I think so. Yeah, because we, I use bar- bargain. Bargain, yeah. Bargaining <laughs> like um, but do you have any protection? I mean, what if something goes wrong? I always let someone know where I am, whether it's be an escort friend, whether mm. it's a family member, or even mm. a, you know just a regular friend that's not in mm. the industry. Someone always knows where I am. And also... I carry a weapon I or do. a spray. Both. <laughs> well, I have to be protected because you never know what could potentially happen. And not just in this industry, like in life yeah, in, in general. general. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You never know. As a 
single woman that gets called out in the street, chocolada, have to be careful. You never know what crazy is going to come up to you and try anything. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I gotta stay in the good book. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm, I've only used the pepper spray once. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that's on my list of my worry. Um, <laughs> so you you do enjoy the the, the sex, of course, and uh, and in this. Um, there is some empowerment, I guess. I think so, 100%. Because it's like selling snail to Eskimos, right? They can go anywhere and get it for free, yeah. but they're paying you specifically. So it means that they look at you and think that you are worthwhile of... More than anything else. Exactly. I mean, why is then all this stigma around this? I mean, like, is that based on jealousy? I mean, why do women, for example, for me, women often treat... Mm-hmm sex workers or people that are, that are in the adult industry, whatever role mm-hmm. they play there, they, they get judged. I think it's really funny that we do, though, because majority of those wo- women are still watching porn with their partners. Mm. And if you're watching porn, you're basically feeding back into the industry. Porn inspires the fantasy and mm. escorts fulfill the fantasy. So if you're judgmental of escorts, you're a hypocrite if you're mm. watching porn too. Mm. Either stop watching porn or be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but but um, is it like I don't know? Is this jealousy or this stigma? Is it possibly this empowerment that this gives you that that also that let's say the woman who looks at it from the outside she says, "Well, why is someone paying for her?" Mm-hmm. She is, you, you know what I mean? Is it like a one competition? Of the, one of the most common responses I get when I tell people what I do mm. is, I wonder if I could do that too. Uh-huh. So in my mind, every woman that I've spoken to about this, in the back of their mind, wonder if they are capable. And my answer is, yes, there's always a market. Yeah. If you if you can date normally, you can date as an escort. Yeah, that's true. Um, here in Prague, is it, is it more liberal than back in England, do you 100%. think? 100%. In what way? Like, just the industry is more on the surface or, or... Yes, I would say majority of Czech women have either come into contact with being in the sex industry or know people that have been. Whereas mm. in the UK, it's kind of hidden. People mm-hmm. don't really want to talk about it. Even mm-hmm. though that they may be in the industry, they don't want to talk about it because of the judgment that they may receive. Mm. I genuinely don't care what people think. Mm. I'm pretty much open. If people ask me, like, are you an escort? I'll say, yes, I am. Mm. You want to ask me some questions about it? Fine. If not, okay, that's fine. It's mm. not a problem. But either way, mm. I don't feel any kind of uh, embarrassment about what I do. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting because I I, uh, I have friends here who have siblings who have been in the sex industry and and or you know dancing or mm-hmm. or whatever and and there is zero judgment on this somehow exactly. here. You know, it's mm-hmm. a very kind of seen with a I would say a neutral mm-hmm. eye. It's the porn capital of Europe. Yeah, or at least or the it sex used capital. To, yeah, it used yeah. to be at least. Um, what about that porn? Have you ever been offered? I've been offered a lot. Yeah, but it's not something I would do. No. No. Why is that? Because I believe in being discreet in this industry for the man's sake, mm-hmm. and also if I decide that I want to take a different direction later in life, I wouldn't want to be plastered all over the internet. Yeah, because that's a more permanent. Exactly kind of a stamp mm-hmm. somehow. Talking about this discretion or this uh, secrecy, I mean, are are the clients scared about this? Are, are men nervous about this part? 
that you know them or you do you would um i think it depends on the person some guys for example who are kind of like frequent with escorts mm. like they see escorts very mm. often they don't tend to really care that much mm. but those that maybe are newbies um i don't think that they are so open to telling you about themselves or who they are mm. i mean there are some high-powered men that i've met with that are very discreet and don't want anybody to know but that's primarily because they have families back home but mm. typically i'd say those that are see a lot of escorts they don't mind so much i think they know that it's for your safety more than anything we're not going to come back and do anything negative to them they know already that they're not just paying for our services but also for our discretion Mm. and the clients here are they primarily czechs or or more foreigners that are coming here um before covid primarily tourists Mm. recently more czechs Mm. um and i was i had two separate profiles Mm. for my czechs and for my um expats exactly but i've signed up to a new website that's primarily for czech people and it's my main profile so i've kind of killed the other profile now Mm -hmm. but you told me also you were doing some domino tricks and stuff like that yeah it came back to the my first sugar daddy or my first proper sugar daddy i Uh should say he was submissive and he was definitely more um experienced than i was Mm. and i remember the first date we had together it was a, t- a full weekend and it was very um adventurous mm. and as well i was like okay I, I need to learn more about this in order to kind of be the best version of myself so we had uh, long talks about it he bought me bo- books and mm. tools and stuff mm. um to kind of learn i don't think i learned as fast as he needed me to mm. and then on top of that there was a specific thing that happened between us that kind of killed relationship but after him, I still continued down this kind of BDSM road because it was something I'm intrigued by. Mm. And so I have some submissive clients. I have some dominant clients. I have some switch clients. So you can change it up depending on the date that you're having with them. Sometimes mm. it might be in the frame of mind to be a little bit more dominant or submissive. It totally depends. Mm. Um, which is really fun for me because it's a whole different dynamic than the girlfriend experience. Mm. Yeah, because I guess in some way you <coughs> you are there to fulfill a wish or a fantasy mm-hmm. so you have to be able to kind of swim in 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 every direction exactly within my boundaries yeah, yeah 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 but you know like you you let's say that the the wish list is not a one page or let's say a one type thing it, it every every person wants something different mm-hmm. what about your needs in this i mean are, are there clients that say what do you want yeah and majority of the time it's um my needs are met first and i'd say uh-huh. that because i don't ever do anything i'm not comfortable with doing mm-hmm. so if someone wrote me i would pay you x amount of money to do this if it's something i don't like you can stick your money where the sun doesn't shine because mm-hmm. i'm not taking it and it does happen sometimes they will write you and ask you to do things that you wouldn't otherwise do and you'd say no not all money is good money Madison, when you're in this lifestyle, um, and uh, can you build an emotional relationship with a person? I think so, 100%. I think it's probably easier to build a a bond with someone who takes care of you Mm. than someone who kind of expects you to do it on your own and slowly build towards this idea of a union. Mm. Um, But do you think like, so that would be that you could develop an emotional relationship mm -hmm. with with a client? Mm -hmm. Definitely. I would say majority of the people that I see long 
like over a period of time i i feel that they're more than just my client i'd say they're more my friends and mm. some of them even build towards being you know potential boyfriends some of them have even offered and i'm just not in that position in my life just yet to say mm. yes but mm. yeah it's very easy to be able to be in a relationship with a client i'd say but what what about being in a relationship with outside of that like someone who is not gonna not happen <laughs> no it wouldn't no I why not i don't think guys that are not Men that don't pay companions don't understand it and therefore they probably couldn't respect it. Mm. Um, and if I were to tell someone what I did, I don't know if they could deal with it being my lifestyle. And the, I think it would just be too complicated for them. Mm. The only way I can see myself being with someone is probably with someone who's also a part of the lifestyle, yeah. e.g. a client yeah. or a sugar daddy or whatever yeah, else. Yeah. But other than that, I don't see it happening. Mm. And who who knows? Like you you mentioned that that everyone. you got some advice from your family, your yeah, mom. Everyone knows. Everyone that is close to my heart knows what I do, and some of them are not mm. happy about it. Some of them are worried. Has has anyone turned their back on you after finding out what you do, or after you told them what you do? Not so far that I'm aware of. Anyway, majority of my friends are somewhat supportive. Some of them are a bit worried. Mm. Hence why I wanted to do this podcast because I wanted to voice my opinion and mm. for people to get like a well-rounded view of my life and what I go through and that I'm pretty much safe and I'm happy. Mm. Yeah, I I, uh, I wanted to ask you about that. I mean, um, you are happy in this. Yeah, definitely. I can't see myself doing anything else. It was too easy for me to get into and too easy for like the whole motion of it all for it not to be my calling i'm a scorpio yeah so i would say it's definitely within my like my personality to be in this industry so but you understand that you know like uh what you're saying here is what most people that are listening to this would probably think wow this is crazy because mm -hmm. you you go to university you get a degree in mm -hmm. design mm -hmm. you have a career in design mm -hmm. you have a child mm -hmm. and people would say how could she possibly want to do this? I would say a lot of single mothers end up in this industry. Mm. Some of them may not be 100% happy at first, but once they realize how simple it is, they mm. usually get used to it. Mm. For me personally, as someone that wanted to explore more, mm. it wasn't me being forced. I could have easily continued working from yeah, home. Yeah, exactly. You could have mm -hmm. chosen to keep on a different path, yeah. but you didn't want to. Exactly. And it's not like I didn't enjoy design, I just didn't enjoy it as much. Mm. I was already dating anyway, mm. and I was meeting some high-profile men anyway. Mm. So for me, it was just natural for me to fall into this mm. kind of... Th this was a kind of a natural... Exactly. Yeah. Natural progression for me. Mm. Yeah. So, I guess the money is good. Money is great. Versus the hours spent. Yes, Definitely. And do you feel empowered because you're more desired and more high, you're valued higher than other women? I would say I feel empowered because I feel that people recognize my specific, um, what's the word, attributes. Mm. I wouldn't say I'm any better than any other woman. I just decided to capitalize on who I am. But it, 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 it helps with the self-confidence. Massively. Mm -hmm. Massively. Now, feminism is—I mean, obviously—it's a big topic. Has been a big topic. Will be a big topic. It's—it's it's one of those kind of never-ending topics mm -hmm. in a way. And uh, if we look into the feminist camp, then <coughs> at least the discussion that I follow—and mm -hmm. I follow it more than people believe <laughs> or would 
um, believe. Um, it's a very kind of split mm-hmm. in its opinion on the sex adult workers. industry or sex workers. Mm-hmm. So where do you stand on that? I wouldn't say I'm a feminist. I don't feel like feminism supports large groups of women within the world that we live in. And mm. considering feminism supposedly is about like equality for men and women, I don't feel that it should be exclusive club of people that can be a part of this little society. For example, women of colour. We aren't really represented in the feminist movement. Mm. Sandra Bland was an African-American woman that was murdered in police custody. Mm. I don't remember seeing any feminists marching for her Mm. to get any kind of justice, but they'll march for the sake of being able to show a nipple in public. Mm. It seems a bit futile to me. Mm. So when the feminist movement starts to be a little bit more inclusive, then I might be a part of it. But right now it doesn't seem... It's it's not for people like myself. They Mm. don't include sex workers... They don't include women from lower social um, classes and they don't include women of colour. But if if feminism is about, um, what do you say, empowering women and Mm -hmm. enabling them and accepting that they make their own choices, Mm -hmm. how can that not apply to sex workers? Well, they a lot of the time feminists will say it's against what I believe. For Mm -hmm. you to be a sex worker, for you to use your... Somebody just played a little bit on the guitar here, but that's fine. <laughs> it's a little ghost in the corner. Yeah. Um, I've forgotten train of what I was saying. Yeah. Uh, how 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 can you be a true feminist and not support exactly a woman how who is that possible? Exactly, and yet a lot of feminist women will say like they don't believe in the movement of they don't believe in sex workers because they think it's like slowing feminism down. Mm. When actually. Apart from the beauty industry, you know, women in the sex industry tend to be way ahead of men. They make mm. way more money, whether it be porn, whether it be webcam, whether it be escort, whatever it is. Mm. Sex industry women are way ahead. So why would you have a problem with that? Mm. It doesn't make sense to me that women would have an issue with that. They should be more supportive of women in the sex industry. And if we have more support, we're even more safe. Yeah. If the safety in numbers, right? Mm. Whereas if we have to be all shrouded and hide and pretend like we're not in the industry and pretend to be something completely different to who we are, mm. then there's obviously going to be more issues. Mm. I'm one of the lucky women who has a very protected family mm. who don't mind what I do, but I'm sure there are women out there that you know would Can't never tell want anyone exactly, which means they're not safe because mm. their family members and friends are going to judge them, and then they have no one to talk to if something goes wrong. If you can pick up the phone and talk to one of your friends or family members and say, I've had a really shitty day at work, mm-hmm. at least you're getting that load off. Mm. But if you can't do that, if you have a really bad week as an escort and you can't talk to anyone about it, mm. what are you going to do? It's fall into depression, basically, because it's going to be like a continual thing of feeling that you have to pretend to be someone someone else. Mm. Exactly. So you, you've had a lot of support from your family in this and you've been able to be open about this. Massively. I would say all of my family have been very supportive of me. Mm. So if your child wanted to go down this route, would you give full support? Yeah, if they decided that they wanted to go into this field, I mm. would give them as much support as necessary and also a lot of advice as well. Mm. Um, I wouldn't be ashamed whether they decided they wanted to be a doctor or if they wanted to be a sex worker. I wouldn't mm. care either way. Actually, I would go as far as to say... If my child decided that they wanted to be in the sex industry and be a companion like their mother, 
was mm. and other people and their family who have, mm. I'd probably be even more proud because I know it's more money, less hours, yeah. less stress. <laughs> there's not, a, there's nothing great about struggle, love. Mm. And you never have second thoughts. Never. And no internal conflict within you. When I go to sleep at night and I know that my pocket is full and there's another person out there that's had fun and that I also have fun, mm. what can I be ashamed of? Mm. Nothing to be ashamed of. And that's why I've been so open on my social media because there's a lot of people from my previous life that mm. follow me on social media. Mm. I didn't block them. I didn't delete them. Mm. I didn't, mm. you know, try and kind of cover it up. I'm very open because I have no fear or shame for what I do. Okay, Matheson, um, how um, I've been always a little bit curious about like um, when you walk into a bar and can you detect who is a potential there? I mean, I know that's not where you kind of play your game in mm -hmm. a way, but uh, mm -hmm. but let's say that hypothetically that, that happens. Well, I do actually. Pre COVID, it was something that I. I did. It was yeah. called freestyling. It's basically when you just go in there and just do your thing. You use your um, your femininity to say mm. as a way to kind of win someone over. Mm. But since COVID, obviously, it's not been happening. There's no pubs or anything or bars or restaurants open. Mm. But I would say, yeah, if you go into public, you can typically find the sort of guy that is interested. Or How do you know? It, it's almost like a. Instinct. An energy, yeah, an instinct that they put off, that it's something that they'll be willing to do. I mean, of course, sometimes you're off base. Sometimes it happens that you're not right. Mm. But majority of the time, if you know how to charm someone, you can get what you want. Mm. Um, and do they sense you in the same way? 100%. Yeah? Definitely. But I've been, I've been told here also by, by other black women mm -hmm. that I know that... Uh, there is a stereotype about black women in the city that, mm -hmm. that men are very frank and open. Is that true? I would say so, definitely. Probably more so than it would be with, say, Czech women or other white women. Mm. I think with black women, they just kind of have this idea in their mind and it doesn't matter about anything else. They're just going to tell exactly what it is that they're interested in. And... Before, when I wasn't an escort, it was a little bit like daunting. I was like, oh, let's calm down a bit. Mm. And then since I've become an escort and I'm kind of used to that kind of dialogue, it's not so daunting anymore. It's actually quite refreshing that they're straightforward with you. Mm. Yeah. So you do, you know, like a companion, um, mm -hmm. girlfriend experience, mm -hmm. um, dates. Mm -hmm. I guess... You you go to nice places, right? You eat yeah. in good restaurants. You yeah. You, you're not at the local Czech pub. That Sometimes hasn't been, it yeah? happens occasionally when someone doesn't want to be too kind of posh. Posh, exactly. Mm. When they just want to have a low key date, it's not very often, but it does happen. Mm. Um, I would say majority of the time because I market myself as being this is kind of cringy chocolate princess mm -hmm. uh, that typically they want to kind of show out and be really kind of expressive and show off to you mm. which in some ways is great but i don't think i should have used chocolate princess as my 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 tagline maybe louboutin princess because maybe i'd get more louboutins instead of chocolate as gifts <laughs> <laughs> but uh but do you like um 
you know, you've seen all the five-star hotels here in town. And Not all yet, but it's a goal. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, What's the price list like? Because I checked your homepage mm-hmm. and 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 I I see that for example, if if someone wants to take you on a holiday, mm-hmm. how 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 is that? Well, holidays start from three days, mm. and that's three thousand euros, mm. and it basically um, it continues from there. So like five days with five thousand euros, seven and days all, would be seven thousand. Uh, that's without any expenses i mean that that means that's purely that's just, just my my your uh, take exactly that's not spending money that's not travel money that's purely the money that i will take as my own separate cash mm. so i had an offer to go to sofia in bulgaria um, recently to go for three days mm. but I had to decline because i have my child and i need to support my child first and because my baby is not yet with my family I can't accept offers like that just yet. Mm. Maybe mm. in spring slash summer of mm. this year, I will be able to do that. And t- talking about that, you're you're relocating back to England. I am. And you told me that one of the reasons is that you want to have a stronger kind of network behind you, Definitely. family and, mm-hmm. and, and so on. My family miss my baby massively. Mm. They mm-hmm. miss the baby a lot. Mm. and So you... That will enable you to... Be more available. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Worldwide, not just in Europe. But do you think then that being in England will make you less uh, exotic? Or, you know, like, do you know what um, I mean? Like uh, Yes and no. Yes, because um, there's obviously other black women there. Mm-hmm. But no, because I am catering to a very specific kind of guy. And I would say in the UK, and I already know these girls, I've spoken to these girls, there's probably... Five or six high-class companions in the whole of UK of my caliber, of my age group. And I know them all. I speak to them on on Instagram and other social media platforms. So mm-hmm. we're kind of going to take the world basically by a storm as being these chocolate princesses. Um, and if you compare to the European girls who are also in that mm. line of work... There's less of us than there are of them. So we have a higher chance mm. of being able to secure these dates because we offer something that is not so easy to get. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Mm. Um, and talking, you mentioned earlier um, that there isn't a lot of travel dates because of, of COVID. I mean, but has something, I mean, are, are, are customers or clients, are they more careful? Are they more concerned or, or how? how? Um, I would say they're more careful in terms of getting tested before they see you. Majority mm. of people I see will say, hey, I got tested recently to make sure that I am you know, 100% mm. COVID free. Mm. Um, but other than that, I would say they're pretty much operating the same. Um, they'll pick you up when they're still wearing their mask. But as soon as you get into the hotel or mm. into the Airbnb or into their home, everything's the same as, as usual. Mm. I would say I'm more particular when meeting with people um, that I'm careful. I Mm. actually have been only accepting longer dates recently for this reason that Mm. I'm not going to meet with you for an hour and risk Mm. catching COVID. Mm. I maybe risk it for six hours, but not for one or two hours. (laughs) (laughs) At least if I meet you for six hours, I can pay to get tested, right? Yeah. Um, Do you think that you will regret this in some years? No, never, Mm. never. Never, ever. As someone that was raised by a very kind of, um, not posh, but 
luxurious mom. Mm. My mom was the sort of person who was always said, good food and good shoes are important for any lady. Mm. So with that in mind, I've always had that. I have to have good shoes and good food. Mm. So you're getting good food, mm-hmm. good shoes, mm-hmm. good money. Living good. Happy. And you're meeting interesting people. Exactly. Hearing their life stories, hearing about the experiences in, in their careers and their mm. goals and everything. To me, I don't see what I'm doing as immoral. I see it as something like, um, I don't know. I'm making people happy for a living. How can you be guilty or feel guilty about making people happy? You're fulfilling something they otherwise may not feel they could fulfill. That's mm. the perfect job in the world to make other people happy and also be happy too and get really well paid. Yeah, it's a win-win. Pardon? It's a win-win. Yeah, 100%. The only way that you lose is because of what society says. Like, mm. Sometimes I watch movies and um, I wouldn't even realize, but usually they'll say something derogatory about like escorts or prostitutes and it'll hit me like, oh, they're talking about a girl like me. Then I think, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> you mm. know what you're talking about. You're not even being in the industry. You don't know what my life is about. You don't know the kind of office that I get. I've got office to go on a yacht last summer in Mykonos with mm. my duo partner for seven days for 700,000 euros. So you want to judge me, it's okay. It's okay, it's no problem for me because I'm making good money doing what I do. So your opinion doesn't pay my bills. No, that's true. So how long do you think you can do this? I see myself in this industry for maybe another two or three years. Mm-hmm. Um, whether I meet someone before then or if I decide to become uh, like a make my own business like as a mm. escort um, agency or something along those lines mm. I've also had a few other ideas of what I wanted to do before I even became an escort or be- before I became a mom. Mm. but in my mind I feel like in the next few years whilst I'm an escort especially after COVID has decided to piss off out of our lives mm. I'm probably going to meet someone because I've met people in this lifestyle already so I don't see it not happening in my future so mm. it's Highly likely I'll meet someone that's going to be a provider, boyfriend, husband, whatever else. So if you if you had a boyfriend that you kind of met through a mm-hmm. client relationship, let's say, um, would it be important to you that he is loyal to you? Mm, no. He could go and meet all the If girls. he was providing for me everything else that I needed on my checklist of all the things mm. I wanted, mm. do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. I have an open mind to um, open mind to what other people can do with their their lives. I was mm. actually in an open relationship with my first sugar daddy, mm. and as long as we discuss things in advance, mm. I was fine with it. I don't believe that we're made to be one hundred percent monogamous for the rest of our lives. I think it's unhealthy and mm. it's unrealistic. Mm. There are seven billion people in the world now. Mm. Whereas before, you know, the what obviously every year there's more and more people. So mm. the idea of you meeting one person you're supposed to out be with of, the, out of seven billion. <laughs> exactly. It's ridiculous, right? Yeah. So if my partner decided that he was wanting to potentially be with somebody else, mm. as long as it it was something he was honest about and I was taken care of, do you think? Mm. 
But if you lie and if you're not supportive, then it's not something I can be with because I need to be benefiting from this situation in some way. I know mm. it sounds incredibly selfish, but I'm honest, I am selfish. No, uh, yeah, it actually more sounds honest because in the end, the relationship, whatever relationship, it's a, it's a give and take. Mm -hmm. you, you, you have to feel that you're getting something back for what you put in. Exactly. And uh, I think that's... Uh, Maybe it's something that we don't want to admit. Mm -hmm. that we I think, think most people it, don't. Yeah, but yeah. It, it is. Uh, exactly. Th that's the reality. And when you're in this industry and the majority of people you meet are in relationships or married, mm. I'm not under any illusion in my mind that someone I'm going to marry is going to, especially if I meet them in this industry, of mm. course they're not going to be faithful to me because they're not even faithful to the person that they were with before me. Mm. It doesn't make any sense. So in my head, I'm already prepared to be in that position where, okay, well, I'm your wife. You mm. do you, I do me. Mm. As long as there's money there mm. and we can take care of our family, that do what fine. you feel is mm. is appropriate as long as we agree on it in advance. But I'm not going to openly say to my partner, go and cheat. Of course not. Mm. But I'm not under any illusion that they're going to be 100% faithful to me, especially since they met me as an escort. Mm. Um. <clears throat> It's really this is really interesting, Madison, and I'm I'm very happy that you agreed to come. And I I, I found it interesting what your motivation was to come on mm -hmm. my podcast and 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 to talk about this because mm -hmm. you said that you wanted kind of to set the record straight. Yeah, I had to because it's. I think we're moving in a direction now where sexuality is becoming a little bit more open and fluid, and people are you know starting to really feel the need to express themselves apart from the sex industry everyone still looks down at us like we're disgusting we're disgraceful we're immoral mm. and like i said before i feel like i'm not doing anything wrong i make people happy for a living i give them things they wouldn't otherwise be able to achieve mm. and all i ask is for a small donation so i can live my life on my terms mm. so it was important for me to have this conversation so other people coming forward, whether it be escort girls, whether it be girls that want to become escorts, whether it's potential clients, whether it's mm. actual clients right mm. now, understand where I'm coming from and they can mm. stop judging girls like me because we don't give a shit either way. <laughs> I like Yeah, about the judgment. Yeah, nobody should ever about anything. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but I found it like, you know, we had a coffee before um, mm -hmm. and uh, we were chatting about this and I was very impressed with your clarity mm -hmm. on this you know because it's uh, it's very often that that people are involved in something and they don't really know how they got there or why they are there and what they want from it Part but that sounded to me like you kind of know oh 100 percent. i had mm. to I, when i went through depression in my late teens like 17 18 19 mm. um and i went to a counselor at my college Mm. and she was like you know you need to learn to express yourself and so I developed this kind of expression of expression fuck depression mm. and so I got to a point where I was like I need to evaluate everything I do before I do it so I know that when I do it there's a good reason behind it mm. my reasoning behind becoming an escort came from my childhood and seeing so many women around me being disrespected by men it came from me being an adult and being disrespected by men and then becoming a companion and realizing shit this man actually wants to take care of you. Mm. You've known him for a few minutes and he's treating you better than guys you've known for years. Mm. So why not? It seems to me like it's a better option because everyone knows what they're in for. Mm. There's no illusion. There's no kind of faking it because you want to get something out of them. Mm. Loads of guys on dating apps will tell a girl whatever she wants to hear in order and to get into it. all her. a lie. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Just mm. to get in her pants. Yeah. Whereas in this industry, you know, 
what's laid out, what you can get, what you can't get, mm. what you have to pay, what you don't have to pay. Everything is lined out. There's no misconception. And it's probably the most honest profession. Mm. And that's why I don't understand why people judge it so much because it's, it's so simple. But we simple. need more people like you to talk about it. Then maybe it will change the, so. the, the ideas. and, and uh, yeah. I hope so. I hope more girls will come forward and want to mm. discuss this topic and mm. help other women that may be in similar positions, whether it be in domestic abusive relationships, whether it be low self-esteem, whether it be single parents, whether it be women of color that were trying to capitalize on the idea of fucking a black girl or whatever, whatever mm. your situation mm. is, I wish more women would come forward and just say, you know what, I'm willing to do this because it's something I consider to be fun. And an experience, you don't have to be in, involved for the rest of your life. It yeah. could just be a few years, yeah. but the experience in itself will teach you a lot about yourself and mm. it will teach you a lot about the world. And the... If you were to give an advice, if someone now is super inspired by listening to you and, and wants to know more or wants to mm -hmm. get into this, I mean, one advice. I, w I couldn't give one. Two. Um, maybe ten. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, if I were to give any girl advice, I'd say, talk to other escort girls. Mm. Do your research. Always screen every person you meet. Mm. Always stay protected get tested very often as often as possible don't mm. go to your local jeep uh, your local uh, gynecologist she will judge you mm. have experience of it so find your closest um sexual health center that mm. like kind of specializes in sex workers i actually know one in Czech Republic called r and i go to in prague one no judgment at all they actually give you free free um like condoms and uh -huh. stuff um get a second phone don't use your personal number Mm. don't show your face i only learned that recently mm. um don't send pictures because men will use it against you whether mm. it be making fake profiles or trying to out you mm. um i don't know okay there's loads of things it's but it's a lot of it. yeah <laughs> you could write the manual oh, i will do one day yeah <laughs> um so If people want to know more about you, I mean, yeah, mm -hmm. as I said earlier, I checked your, your homepage. What's yeah. your homepage? It's uh, madisonsnow.cz, but it will be changed to .com when I move back home. So, Madison Snow, mm -hmm. as in snow, like that, that happens during Christmas, snow. Yes, exactly. The snow that happens, like, literally had two days ago, right? Yeah. And the snow doesn't come from anything provocative or anything mm. um, illicit. The snow comes from my favorite artist. He's called Dash Snow. Uh -huh. And he was a graffiti artist slash, um, how to say, photographer. Mm. And um, amongst other different variations of art. But the reason I loved his art is because it was so raw and honest. Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and on this page, because... Guys, check it out. MadisonSnow.cz. I was very impressed. I have to Thank admit, you. it's a very kind of business savvy page. It still everything needs some is, work, though. Yeah, but everything is kind of laid out clearly. Yeah. Prices, services, mm -hmm. photos, mm -hmm. uh, COVID uh, disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. Everything is there. You know, yeah. it's 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 really really professional. And what about social media? Where can people follow you on the social media? Instagram. My Instagram is Maddie, which is M A D I underscore International or I. NT. NT, yeah. Mm. You can find me on Instagram. I was on Twitter, but it's too much headache for me. So, mm. so either these one are the two main mediums. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, yeah, guys. Um, I I've been sitting here kind of 
Yeah, with my head full of more questions, I think I could, if I had the chance, I could speak with you, Madison, for five more hours. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been a great pleasure having you guys. Thank you for having me. Yeah, if someone is still listening out there, then obviously you liked what you were hearing. So go and follow the, the show uh, so you never miss an episode. Um, I agree, definitely. Uh, review it on Apple Podcast because that's good for me. Help my sponsors by visiting alfred.cz and the old bar Prague. And uh, yeah, you can follow the show on, on Facebook. It's called uh, Bunker How the Hell Did We End Up Here? Uh, my Twitter is Midlife Crisis Warrior. My Instagram is Midlife Crisis Warrior. And then the show has a page called Bunker Prague. So follow on any of these mediums. If you have some cool people uh, that are living here in, in the Czech Republic or in Prague, uh, please tell me because I'm always looking for interesting people to talk to. Um, Madison, it's been a pleasure having you here. Likewise. Thank and you for having uh, me. Yeah, I look forward to having more coffees with you and, and having a better talk about this. We During some of our breaks here, we had some really interesting conversations about <laughs> global <laughs> matters and feminism yes. and, and mm-hmm. uh, gender equality and mm-hmm. stuff like that maybe we can make another episode later on that I agree definitely I think actually we've had a better understanding of the other person's perspective on these things as mm. well which is definitely important Yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah it's been very informative uh, have a nice evening likewise and thank you yeah.